It's been a long time since we talked. It's been a minute. Welcome to the Waystation Podcast. I'm Randy Davis. And I am William Everett. And I've been away. I've been, uh, I went to a couple day getaway near a beach down in San Diego. I'm jealous. I say near a beach because I'm trying to like not, because we got a beach house, right? For a couple days. But that makes it sound like <laughs> I had some sort of rad, you know, modern, like I'm out front wearing like a, an ascot with sipping tea, looking at the ocean. Ah, you weren't? I got this little tiny place. <laughs> you didn't take your ascot? I didn't, I didn't take the ascot. Like Rachel won't let me wear it outside. You know, outside the house? The bedroom. <laughs> uh, Will she let you take your tea outside? <laughs> yes. Tea herbal tea. Anywhere. Herbal tea. <laughs> so, so no, we went to this. We went down to this beach called Ocean Beach in San Diego, and um, we got this. Really, I mean, it was a super great location. Like it was like a couple doors down from the ocean, and uh, and then it's a little early in the season, so the ocean's a little bit cold. So uh, you know, it wasn't like it was totally packed, and um, so we had a lot, lot of space to ourselves. Played catch, swam in the ocean. It's a good time. I enjoy the ocean. Would you rather be? Are you are you more an ocean person or a mountain person? Oh, for sure, an ocean person. Really? For sure. I'm a mountain guy. I'd That's much rather cool. be in the mountains. I, well, I mean, look, I, I think you can find like more. No, I take it back. Ocean person. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the correct answer was ocean. You're wrong. <laughs> That's what I was going for. <laughs> I do enjoy the ocean. I enjoy going. Uh, and, uh, going to, we used to go to, uh, my mentor that owned the company that we now own is, uh, you know, he passed away, but before he, he would always take us to like Mexico. He loved to take us yeah. to Mexico. Yeah. And, uh, we always wondered why Mexico, especially when a couple, a couple of the final years that he took us to Mexico, it was like a place that the, you know, the state department said not to go. Yeah, the cartels are like, are you sure you want to come? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so he would always go. And then I, one day I figured it out. Oh, I think our very, my very first trip, he says, Hey, can you put these in your, in your bag? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> Cuban cigars. Oh, really? I, and you were allowed, I guess you were allowed one box of Cuban cigars for personal use or something like that. I see. And so he would just, Put one box in each of our bags. I like how you said for personal use. You're like, it's medical. We got yes. glaucoma. <laughs> medical cigar use. Only Cubans help me. Sorry, someone just heard me chew because I'm like talking and chewing now. So here's what's going on. There. Uh, so well, I brought. Oh, Steve hey, we need. A, I need to do a retraction or oh. a correction. Okay. Correction and retraction time. All right. We should have a bit for this. <laughs> I think that of all the feedback I've ever gotten or the corrections that I've ever gotten, none more than I said the poipu is in Maui. Oh. It's not. It's in Kauai. It's in Kauai. I'm so sorry to all those patient listeners. Patient thank listeners for, of Hawaii knowledge us. that I would ever uh, get Maui confused with Kauai because Kauai was the island I was talking about. I just said the wrong one. Okay. I did stay on Kauai, which was great time. We took this, uh, uh, we went to the rainy side of the, the island and then hiked up to this waterfall. Okay. And it was like clay mud the entire way up. Slippery. I mean, it was, and it was strange because it would stick to your feet. So it felt like each of your feet got heavier. Yeah, it was like a, I think a 10 mile round trip hike. 
So it was, it was pretty legit hike, and it was pretty steep with all this mud. What I love about hiking in Hawaii is that sounds like a bougie thing to say, doesn't it? <laughs> what I love about hiking in Hawaii. <laughs> no, is it? It's it's like these narrow narrow trails going through like you know jungle here and there, and you can like stop and pick uh, sugar cane and chomp on it, or like stra- strawberry guava, like just growing on trees. And yeah, I mean, and you usually end up in a waterfall. It's like it's just pretty. It's, it's gorgeous. Pretty. I will. It's very pretty. I've only been there a couple times, but yeah Kauai. also uh taken by our mentor rafi he took us to Kauai. i had a weird experience in Kauai. so i was a freshman and i went to BYU hawaii which is on the island of oahu and um, not to be confused with maui not to be confused with maui um and on the island of oahu we got uh one it was uh thanksgiving because you can't just come and go from the mainland for every 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 deal so like uh, at thanksgiving no one's like i can i'm just gonna jet back to the united states for thanksgiving or at least not none of my friends and and so they're like, but but they, but they could scrape together a few bucks to go to another island for a little getaway. So a bunch of my friends are like, we're going to Kauai for the weekend. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Is that expensive to hop from one oh, island? No, no, it's so cheap, dude. Like, I mean, back then it was super cheap. You know, it was like under hundred. You're not bucks getting in a, a canoe flight. and just. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't just tough it out and canoe right. over there. So um. So we go. Uh, so but we're college kids, <laughs> so we get one hotel room and one car. And there's seven of us. <laughs> oh my word! And so, and so the car, especially the hotel room, is like, ah, we're just sleeping on the floor because we're a bunch of crazy college kids. No big deal, right? But the car, and I've never rented a hotel room before. Like everything about this is new. I'm like 18 right. years old, right? And and I can't even rent a car. That's right. part of the reason why we only rent one car is that there's only one guy over. Whatever 25. It is. Well, it's 25 now. I think he was probably only 23 anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> so to to fit in the car, we literally would spoon like one arm. We like. We all would put one arm around each other in the back, <laughs> and we would like kind of like stack ourselves like sideways, like cards that you spread out on a table, and then and then every five minutes we'd have to change because our arm would start to go dead. We're like switch, and then we'd flop one arm down, and flop the other arm. Up. Switch. <laughs> so we're bumming around uh, Kauai, but I go there, and uh, we're 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 about to roll up to Waimea Canyon, which is a big beautiful canyon that everyone likes to go to in Kauai, and and. I have a friend who's serving a mission in Hawaii, and he's in Kauai. Right. And naively, because I'm just believer, I don't know. Right. I'm like, I want to find my friend, but they don't have phones, and you're not supposed to. I, I didn't know you weren't supposed to find people either back then. Right. Um, but we're driving by this church. To clarify, you're not supposed to like just show up on a missionary's uh, doorstep yeah, and doorstep. say, hey, what's up, buddy? Right, right, right. Yeah. right cause, That's what you cause mean they're by They're trying find. to stay focused on their stuff. Yeah. And but I'm 18, I don't know stuff. So I'm just like, I'm gonna go find my friend. Right. So we're driving to Waimea Canyon and there's a church and then there's there's like an apartment built out in the parking lot of this church. Right. And I, I can't remember if I saw missionaries or if I'm like, I wonder if there's missionaries there. I don't know what the deal is. <laughs> you concluded but your friend lived there. In, we pull in there and I go knock on the door. Holy crap, my friend lives in this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> like I drove up to a place and knocked on the door, and my friend's there. And as it turns out, He's having a really hard time and he's feeling really bad and he's thinking about quitting his mission. And I've always been kind of the conscience in his head. And so I'm there for like three hours. What my friends go to Waimea Canyon without me. And I stand in a parking lot in, in Kauai and talk to my friend about his mission. That, that was the thing that happened. Awesome. Yeah, and good. was the, he stayed on his mission? He stayed. Yeah. You he helped. Stayed. Oh, that's, you helped. You did good things. Good well, job. There you, there you go. You broke but the rules, but for the day, right reasons. Never seen Waimea Canyon. <laughs> but yeah, easy, easy trade. 
Easy, easily worth it. Waimea, Kenya. Here's a good hike. You've not what? You didn't go? I don't think so. This is what I'm thinking oh, wow. about. Isn't uh, is that is that on the Nepali coast, right? No, that's, Nepal. That's isn't that Nepali. Maui? I thought Nepali coast is Maui. I don't know. So I'm gonna get in trouble again. I don't know anything about Hawaii. Anyway, there's some canyon that I, I didn't Hawaii go see because we did, we took the Hawaii. <laughs> I took the scenic route up into the to waterfall where there was a little pond we could swim. So that was fun. Yeah, that's fun. I did learn though, by sad experience, that the beautiful pond at the base of the waterfall at the end of the, the any given hike in Hawaii is in fact cold because <laughs> that's rainwater it's coming out of the sky and it turns out rainwater is still cold when it comes out of the sky so that, that was a thing so nepali coast stake wilderness park Kauai. oh ah. william wins that's awesome nice. um so I no i, I don't know it's, it's a canyon it's a mountain canyon that's you know way up and it's, it's people's are like it's it's beautiful it's beauty that rivals the Grand Canyon and I'm like yeah well I guess I'll never know so you, yeah, I guess I'll never know but I saved a spiritual life <laughs> but there you go sounds good to me my uh, remember the Greek God uh, his father was the pr- the current mission president it's uh, the previous mission president he was the he was the previous mission president Hawaii of Hawaii so yeah. he's the leader of the 300 200 missionaries whatever missionaries yeah That's he awesome. got to go to all the islands even the ones that the natives were only allowed on mm. so oh cool. wow he yeah. got into like the the leper colony and stuff like that i don't know if they went there but okay yeah <laughs> he went to all the places you weren't allowed to I, i'm like still i mean i suppose i could probably just read about it on wikipedia because it's the future right but whenever i heard there was like a leper colony today in the world on a place that you can go i'm like what like I thought that I'm was still fixed. looking at you like what is leprosy not curable? I don't know. I mean, I know like, that feels like I should have Wikipedia that. Yeah, <laughs> before I brought it up. But there's an <laughs> island that's designated for for lepers. For lepers in in uh in Hawaii. Huh. Or maybe that's just what they tell people. Maybe it's all the dot com billionaires hanging out <laughs> <laughs> on the island. <laughs> anyway, uh, I doubt it. <laughs> Dude, I just finished up 10 o'clock last night a a movie trailer. So I do side gigs sometimes. Right. Making movie trailers. Right. I made a movie trailer for a film called Once I Was Engaged. I encourage you to watch the trailer whenever it drops. Once I Was Engaged. Yes. It is a sequel. To it sounds the- like uh, that camp song my mom used to always sing to us when we were kids. She goes, once I went and swimming where there were no women and oh, wow. no, when, no one to see. I feel like I don't know that song. You don't know that? No, and I don't know And he hangs his britches on the tree and then a bear took it. Oh, man. Yes. Hijinks unfold. Yeah, <laughs> hijinks ensued. Right, but that's what, for whatever reason, that title reminded me of that song. Okay, I encourage people to get out and see Once I Was Engaged. It's cute. It'll be out in uh, July. Is it? Uh, what's it about? It's a faith-based film about a Engaged young person? member of our of our of our faith persuasion who is contemplating and planning on going to be a missionary, and instead falls in love and. It has to choose between getting married and going on a mission. Don't give it away. Handsome man. Don't give it away. Is it a happy ending? Won't give it away. Of course it's a happy ending. No, it's a, it's a tragedy. There's a lot of suicide. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it was based on Shakespeare, and they just started pulling swords out at one point. It was, it was a real mess. Slayed each other. Uh, uh, Let me tell you about that. Uh, when I was a kid, they, um, the bishop made with the older kids – 
uh, older teenagers, they made a horror movie. Well, I don't know why they do that, but I was little and I watched this horror movie and it was terrifying. I mean, I was so little. My dad left when I was five and my dad was still in the house when I saw this movie. So I must have been four. And I remember watching this and completely being terrified. Was it like a full length feature film? No, I'm sure it was like a short or something. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was just, it, this is back in, you know, if I was four years old, I'm still in the seventies, right? So I was born in 72, <laughs> must have been 76 or So would you have, do you have like a projector in your house? Like how did you even watch yeah. this in the seventies? <laughs> so they, so they did this, uh, and then, um, the bad guy that was murdering people or whatever it was he was doing had a mask. Well, that Halloween I went trick or treating and I hit the bishop's door. Yeah. Right. He opens the door and he's got that mask on. Oh man. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, was... I, I, I don't end you. Like, you haven't eaten candy since. Yeah, no, I never went back there. Until I got older, and then I decided I was going to trick-or-treat on non-Halloween non, um, uh, holidays just to see what, what I could get out of it. Worked. <laughs> Strange. Like, I, And I went to that house specifically, and I was like, hey, trick-or-treat. And they're like, dude, it's July. <laughs> like, I have nothing else to do. So they gave me some candy. Interesting. But back then, it was like one Tootsie Roll. Some people just call that begging. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, you know, I mean. It worked. We take the holiday out of it, and uh, it's very effective. No, it's, uh, I just call it, you know, uh, um, happiness solicitations. (laughs) There you go. Give me candy, you'll feel happy. Speaking of feeling happy, I have great news. So you'll recall a couple episodes ago, I dropped a bomb about me and the fetching lovely and talented Rachel Davis. Um, being lousy sleepers that in fact we are often insomniac and I got some, uh, concerned texts and, and calls from friends and family really with some tips, but <laughs> tips, but so I didn't even take you down the dark path that has been our sleep life for a few years now. Um, but the dark path, the dark path, it's not great. Like, so it's like, we go to bed at like, we fall asleep earlier than we should. So it's like almost 10 and we're asleep. Oh, right? right. So then it's a nap and then, and then. Somebody tosses and turns too much. Uh, I don't want to name names. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and it and, in, and the whole bed shakes when so enormous person tosses and turns. Right. So there's some light. So it's got to be you because you said enormous. That's right. I'm just gonna say the, it's you. The thin and lithe Mrs. Davis is not the one waking people up no, and tossing. No, it's turning. you, the giant. It's me. So uh, and then and then like right four in the morning, somebody's like, okay, I guess I'm up. So if I'm up, I'd like I said probably rather watch TV, and I don't want to wake you up. So I'm gonna I'll go sleep outside on the couch, and then when you get up and leave, then the other person's up, and then we're both just up at four in the morning right. for a couple hours, right? Got it. This has been going on for a while, right? And I'm given to believe that it's the thing that will happen eventually with aging, like period. It is. Um, however, oh, we have at least stayed the clock for a little bit because we we did the thing that people our age do, which is. This time we buy a bed, <laughs> so we went. Oh, I was we, gonna say that we went and got a new bed. Nice, and um, it's sturdy, doesn't shake, doesn't move, doesn't. Is it squeak, the bed and mattress combo? And separately, we went and got a new mattress, and we put it all together. And dude, we're going on two weeks of great sleep. I didn't bring it up last time because I didn't want to be. I want to jinx it because <laughs> I thought maybe it's just the honeymoon period. Maybe we'll get over it. Right. Two weeks of like, we're just sleeping. And we're so, just getting up at six and seven in the morning. We're like feeling refreshed. Nice. Okay. So questions. Here's yes. my questions. Yes. One, did you go from a queen to a king? 
Or you've always no, been a we've king? had we've had a king for a while. Okay, so that was a huge step for us. Yeah. Our last bed that we bought, that's what we did, queen to king. Yeah, and that was glorious. And then yeah. having that much it's space, a little more is elbow like, room. Oh yeah, it's weird. Um, so that was glorious. The second thing that I went through when we bought ours was, it is a it's stressful experience to buy mattresses because 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 you're dropping serious coin, and you don't know if yeah. it's going to be good. So what'd you do? Which one did you get? I read like crazy. Yeah, okay. I wanted to get a foam mattress, and I read like crazy, and someone uh, on on the New York Times top 10 list or something like that, they recommended one of the Costco mattresses. The, oh, okay, yeah. Costco has a brand. I can look it up. And I got like the 14-inch, whatever the brand. It comes in a box. You have to like, you open the box, and, and it, it flops out, yeah. and then it like inflates. And for the first 30 minutes, I was I was in panic. I'm like, this is way too soft. This is way too soft. But I didn't realize it hadn't fully like inflated inflated yet. <laughs> so I'm like, oh no. Because I had the panic that you had because I'm like, dude, I just dropped a bunch of money on this yeah, thing. A ton. And I can't afford for this to go badly. And also because they're like, you can return it. I'm like everyone like in their mind's eye is like imagining, do I duct tape it together? Like, how do I return a mattress that <laughs> came in a it's, box? It, because it's it's in that plastic bag that's like yeah. all the air suck out of yes. it. So they can actually ship it. Yes. And it weighs a ton. So, so I like I read like crazy and we got this mattress. And when at the time it fully inflated, I was like, this is promising. And then, dude, we've been sleeping like rocks for like the last. And, and so so here's a couple of things that have happened. One, right. the bed's not squeaky creaky. So when I toss and turn, the lovely and talented Rachel is not affected. So that's like, right. wow. Okay. Number two, going from a spring mattress to a foam mattress even increases the stability of the situation. So she's really not affected when I roll around or when I climb out to go to the bathroom. In the Is it the night. dream quad? Oh, I, I actually have. Hey, funny, Rachel just posted about this on, uh, on Insta, Facebook. Someone was asking for advice on Facebook yesterday. I will find it. Um, I'm having the hardest time with Facebook. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. I feel like when I'm on it, I'm betraying everything I believe in. I don't really like the that idea. Feels, that feels intense. That feels a little bit hot. Hot. You're coming in hot on that. You're not betraying everything you believe in just because you want. Just <laughs> it feels you like it. Click like on something. Nectar sleep. Is that it? <laughs> no. Okay. So we got, um, we did the same thing. And I actually, so one of the things I hate about going to a mattress store is that they have you know how they have those low price guarantees? Well, you know, if you can't, if, if you can find a lower price and your mattress is free or whatever it is. Yeah. So do you know how they do that? Like all the yeah, major. You this. this is amazing. I, I have the name of the mattress. I'm shoot at, shoot it. Nova Form 14 inch Comfort Grande Plus memory Ooh. foam mattress. That's and a they lot. Have a new, that's they a, have a newer one too. I, I chose to get the older one because that's the one I read reviews about. But they have a newer version. All right. Well, live live reviews. Don't say we ever steered you guys wrong. Yeah. Cause so, so it's soft, but it's a okay. I need it supportive. For a I need it for a mattress for a mattress because otherwise my back goes out. I right? feel like everybody says that. Yeah. So it's firm enough, but soft enough. It's great. I'm a big it fan. supports you. It does support me. Yeah. And yet comfortable. And yet comfortable. Because firm mattresses, I find the older I get, I I have to roll over more because. Firm, it, firm is tricky because it's good for your back, but man, it's not great. Is it? I don't know. It was for know. me. They always. It's. I just want to know who the they is. It who said is that they? it was firm and it it's got the, into the. It's the lexicon. back support conglomerate controlling right. everything. Right. Well, okay. So they're that both, goes back to what I'm saying. Okay. So the all strings. the firms that make mattresses, they oh. make the same ones. Oh, I see. And they send them out to all the different mattress shops, but 
each one names it something different. Same brand, just different things. So like at one, it will be Serta Sleeper. And the other one's called Serta Rest, right? <laughs> okay. And it's like, so it's the exact same mattress. So you can't actually compare price, price shop because it's got a different UPC code. Yeah, it's totally in, in their mind. Well, it's that's totally the rest. Different. Right. So <laughs> we went into, um, what's that one where uh, you're killing me, Larry, commercials? I, I don't know. You're killing me, Larry. I don't know. Serta? Uh, no, it's uh, uh-huh. anyway, whatever. So we went in there and Belinda and I were there for like ever. And uh, and we had this connection in another state where we could call and kind of like ask questions. And he actually taught me this system of how like which ones were which and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, OK, that's pretty cool. So we start laying on all you got these the inside ones. scoop. That should be like a Fox News show like they used to do the the ma- magician that would would show people's tricks who they did that's <laughs> yeah, cool that was a show they need to do a show that's like here's how the mattress people get <laughs> yes they totally should so anyway when that we set, we lay on one and we, we start getting pretty convinced that like this is the one right and i'm telling them we were there hours and then finally they're like they're yeah this one and there was so it came like, down sir, between it's 10 at night we gotta go yeah <laughs> There's, we came down to two two mattresses that we were looking at. These were the traditional coil spring blah blah mattress. Yeah, and uh, one of them was significantly more expensive. Mm. Same brand, and so I start asking like, what's the difference between these? Why is that one so much more? And I feel like mattress places and car places work the same way. You go there, and then after a while, you give up on all sense of reality when it comes to buying it because it's now it's a loan, right? They're like, oh. And so I'm I'm starting to get convinced that the other one that has finer materials and tighter, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. They're telling me, which is twice as expensive. I'm telling you it was over $10,000. And I'm like, I'm what? almost ready to pull the trigger on this one because – I'm thinking they feel about the same, but this one has a better guarantee. It has a better whatever. And those warranties for mattresses are garbage because you get a dime, a dime stain on it. Anything could be like, you know, drop of grape juice or whatever uh, on it. You're done. You voided the warranty. And they know that. And the other part is, is that, you know, they. Okay. So I feel compelled now to. Our listeners, if they're out there Googling my mattress, they know that it's like 800 bucks. So I apologize. <laughs> to say that it was so expensive. <laughs> that, we're, that we're talking about two different universes on mattress buying, apparently. Well, at some point I got so fatigued that I'm like, I'm not pulling the trigger today. Because I'm like, I'm seriously considering this other one that's so insanely expensive. Yeah. And and I'm like, how am I going to pay for it? What I'm, am I going to do? I'm getting delirious with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting nuts. And then right before we leave, we're like, let's try the Tempur-Pedic. Because I'd heard Tempur-Pedic, I sleep hot at night yeah. normally. Yeah. And I'd heard that they are hot and they're warm. Mm, yeah. And it's a foam mattress, sure. right? So yeah. I'm thinking, it's, oh, it's whatever. It's insulator. So I kind of last minute thing, the guy, I asked the guy, because they had Tempur-Pedics there. And the guy said, oh, well, uh, yeah, go try them out. They're not that way anymore. But, you know, that's what I lay on. Yeah. And we're like, okay, we went, laid on one of those. I bought it that minute. I was done. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, and had that mattress for, had the best warranty, the best everything, and the and and I'm thinking to myself, this is the way to go. That's what's weird about this foam mattress is that that like not only is it pretty good, but it's like, oh by the way, it's gonna be this good for 20 years. I'm like, yeah, what? We're we're That's probably like, I've been doing I've been changing out my spring mattress every few years for yeah. 25 year marriage. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, this is the one that I might die in. You know, and it could be tonight. 
Would you ever buy a used mattress? Would I buy a used mattress? Well, like, I get, I do for my, like, my kids. I get, like, a single mattress, whatever. Um, used? Craigslist? Yeah. I, I do and would. Yeah, that creeps. There's some things I'll buy used. It just feel, I, I understand why you feel creeped but out. But mattresses it. just creep me out. I understand why you. Bed I, bugs. I, I, I hear you. But but then I the go I go back to like stuff I slept on as a child. No, this is like the Seinfeld joke. Seinfeld has this joke about about hair, about like if you get a hair in your food, you're like, oh gosh, that's the grossest thing you've ever can imagine in your yeah, life, right? It is. Yeah. It's like, but when you start dating someone, you're immediately running your hands through her hair, you're kissing her head like nonstop. He's like, what is it about context? It's like the context, right? That's true, though. That's so true. Uh, Same thing about mattresses, where, where it's just like, you know, if it's your grape juice stain, you're fine. But if it's somebody else's grape juice stain, what is that? Yeah, yeah, what is gross? You know, no, they don't like that. Yeah, I don't know. You know that most of these places that you donate to, they won't even take used mattresses. Well, it's like against the law and stuff. I don't know. Who cares? I, I, we've exhausted. <laughs> we've gone down. Good news, everyone. The, the Davises are sleeping through the night. You might see a new spring in Rachel Davis's step as she skips around town. We'll just call the new foam. <laughs> <What's that? laughs> She's got a foam in her step. Um, yeah. So my son's down from college. I actually recorded, oh, he's still here? I recorded a podcast with him yesterday, which I'm thinking about posting on our little channel. We might have to cool. record an intro for it. Let's do it. But what? So wait, hold, I, I thought he was gone. No, he's here for the week, but oh, he's cool. gone to us. Like, so when he comes to California, he right. like, he'll have the obligatory dinner, says some complimentary things, and then just is gone. Like, right. I don't, he was out till I don't know what hour last night with his friends from, you know, high school and doing whatever. Catching up. Yeah, catching up. They had a Cinco de Mayo celebration a couple of days ago in the backyard with the Mexican food. I have from a whole Vallarta. bit of Cinco de Mayo, but I won't go there. It's kind of political. But yeah, let's avoid that. Cinco de Mayo. Your kids? Where are your kids? You still mine? I you have two at home. Yes, I, one, two at home, and then uh, one away, one on Le- mission. Yeah, Liam graduates on the twenty seventh. Oh, I'm going to ask you a question that society should be asking all of us. Yes. Why are you so selfish that you only had four kids? My wife got so sick during each pregnancy that I don't know that she could have handled it. Oh, crap. You have a good answer. I don't have any excuse at all. So here's the thing. Dude, have you been reading about birth rates? Yes, but I have a theory. Oh, let's hear it. Okay, hold on. Uh, so the first question is, is that birth rates over what What kind of period? I don't know. So the, the story is that a news story dropped that like last year was the lowest birth year of any year on record. Yeah, one year. Birth rate year, I should say, of any year on record. Yeah, one year. Right. So I'm trying to think. And I was, I was, I was talking, I literally was thinking about this yesterday. I think I talked to your wife about it. Okay. And I had this realization like, I'm looking at my wife. Normally, when you're stuck inside your house, birth rates go up, just as kind of normal. The problem is you're stuck in your house with your kids. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm just saying birth rates were down because there's everybody oh, stuck you're in their house. You're saying the opportunity. There's no opportunity to conceive. To, there's none. Right, they're always diminished. everywhere. Like we have double locks okay, on our doors. How do you explain the 1920s then? Like when people used to live in like 600 square feet. <laughs> I think that those kids were out. I don't think they're in the house. <laughs> I mean, we they had. I think a, you have a new standard for what you are expecting. No, I'm saying, I'm telling you, there's no way. <laughs> 
There's just no opportunity anymore. Like well, that's your a really kids positive are spin. I like I like the positive spin. Unless unless you needed to get something, in which case it's a terrible spin. <laughs> no, the spin is horrible one way or yeah. the other. I told your wife about it. She goes, Alex, it kind of makes my sense. <laughs> because I'd gone I'd gone to work and I had this epiphany. And usually like when Rachel's there, I if I walk into her office, I'll say, we'll start talking about work and then She'll say, how are you? And I'm like, fine. And, you know, and there's some epiphany that had happened to me. So that epiphany had happened that morning. I'm like, oh, the birth rates are right, down. Because so the birth rates are down. But children. William is asserting it's not the end of the world. No, it's not the end of the world. I'll tell It'll you go what, back up. It's so tricky with kids because like, I, I believe people should have kids. I, I truly believe that it's really good for the soul and it's really good for society True. for you to have kids if you True. can. If you can't have kids, you should have kids. And, uh, I'll go further than that. If you have not had kids, you should not be... Uh, a ruler over men and women. Uh, yeah, have you have you have you seen the list of people in the in, who are world leaders right now who have had no kids? Really? Oh, dude, there's a list. It, Angela Merkel, like the leader of France, the leader uh, like a bunch of the leaders of the EU, and now our vice president. Like all these people, there's a bunch of people who who, who there's like this now ruling class is coming up. This never, never raised family. Yeah, yeah, I think that they should be kicked out. It's sketchy. Yeah, you're out. Well, well, there's votes. There's votes for that. So, like, kicked out by like a pitchfork mob, probably not. Yeah, but in the ballot box. Okay. I mean, I think I mean, Caitlyn Jenner is going to be our uh, okay, our next governor, and she has kids. He has kids. That's a hot take. So, and it's actually a controversial take, and some would say it's an insensitive and rude take. So, go ahead and uh, explain. Why do you think that? Way? Why do you feel that way? Oh, I don't think that. I think that it is uh, such a monumental shift in thinking that it cannot be experienced unless you actually have it. Has there anything in your to. in your life, okay? Has there anything that has changed your view of the world more than having children? That's fun. That's a funny way to phrase it. It is, and, I, I and it's a I'm bit not trying. To, I'm not. Just, I'm not trying to be contradictory because I. Please be the gist of what you're saying. I agree with, which is, it is a responsibility that's so massive that you can feel it in your shoulders, right? Like. Yes. All the time. I don't even think the responsibility. That, that though. thing we joked about on the last podcast, which is I when I go on vacation without my kids, I've suddenly realized I have tons of energy. Like why? Because yeah. I'm for some reason, if I'm within 30 miles of my kids, I am carrying their energy. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Right. So in that sense, I agree with you. But as far as changing my worldview, I I think I, I, I parent the way that I thought that I would parent. No, no, no. I don't mean that. Okay, think about this. Think of just a normal news uh a news story about a kidnapping. Is oh that, my gosh! Doesn't it change? I literally, there's literally episodes of the of the of the silliest TV shows that I can't watch. Right, because like, you now it's have like kids. Law and Order, because someone hurt a child, and I'm like, I can't. But before I you could, that. no, that's right. You're absolutely right. That's it's a world right. shift. It's totally paradigm shift. Yeah. You can't. You cannot look at the world the same way after you have a child, and because of that, and and, and to your point, it is softer, yeah, and sweeter. And you feel more compassion. And when you yes. see a lost kid in the supermarket, you're like, I got to help that kid. Yes. You're not, you're not like. I'm a protector. And so you're saying that if that compassion carried into leadership yep. is really incredibly valuable. But I don't I think, think it's just. I, I, like I think it. compassion's only one one level of that. I think there, there's multiple levels of it. I think your paradigm shift of the world of what is just and what is unjust, what is compassionate, what is uncompassionate, what is. Um, a good, for instance, how many times have you been willing to take your kid in to get a shot knowing that it's going to cause him pain? Yeah. All, all the times. Okay. How about 
Do, there's how many times have you taken them to a doctor where you know that the pain that is going to be caused there is ultimately worth it because their long-term health is going to be taken care of. I think that that is a whole nother level of uh, looking at the world and it changes how you would govern. Uh, that makes great sense because we, what you're saying is as a people, we need to suffer short-term pain in, in order to have this long-term benefit. Correct. Like that. Correct. And oh, I, think I think that policy changes. I think the way that the world looks, you know, the, uh, I think a lot of politicians that don't have children want to take away the consequences of the, the natural consequences of the world yeah. so that there's no responsibilities for them. And I think, and I don't think a, a parent would, would act that way. I do believe that there's parents that do, but sure, for the most part, I think most parents are, um, you know what, William, that's a really great take. Um, cause, cause I, I will say I have, I have said, so now you're going to get a window into my pro parent, pro parent bigotry over right. here, but I have mumbled like, like people are like, well, why would you do that public policy when we're arguing about politics or policy? And I'm like, like anybody that's ever raised boys knows that's how it's done. Right. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, like that's how, that's how, that's why, why? Right. It like, becomes intuitive cause you live it. Yeah. And some people are like, Oh, but that law is really cruel. I'm like, no, no, no. That's cruelty such that it gets your attention and begets more lawfulness. Right. That's not cruelty for cruelty's sake. Right. That's like, that's the same as clapping your hands right before, that, as a warning. That's right. a warning shot. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And society absolutely needs warning shots right. and does respond to it. And, and we've seen, like in New York City, we've seen lawlessness govern and how, how everything goes real bad real fast. That's where and it was when I was We've seen lawfulness govern yep. and lawfulness begets lawfulness and lawlessness begets lawlessness. Yep. And it doesn't ever stay. It's not like you can have a little bit of lawlessness. Yep. You have a little bit, you have a lot. And, and you learn that from parenting. Yes. Like there's this thing, Rachel and I actually do this thing. There's, there's, two, there's two sides of it. There's the preventive and then there's the uh, corporal side, which is like, Right before you can, there's a mounting energy with kids, and they're, when they're about to go, everything's about to go crazy. And right before that moment, I, I did this like, like clap my hands. Hey, 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 we're done. Right. This is fun and this is cute, but someone's about to get hurt. I actually, right. I can tell you within a minute of when someone's going to get hurt. You right. learn that as a parent. Yep. You know what I mean? So that's the, that's because the, you can see you become a master of either A, throwing yeah. fuel on the fire, yeah. or B, de escalating. That's right. And I think that that's a skill that's very difficult to understand unless you're in an immense amount of conflict. I remember my brother-in-law told me we had one kid and we went down to take care of his kids while he went on vacation. And uh, he had four. Yeah. Um, and he told me one time and I it was in passing. He wasn't really trying to give me great advice, but he's like, oh, you love having a child right now. But wait till you get another one. Introduce yeah. a little wor word called conflict. <laughs> Because what you see is your kids will naturally fight with one another. I don't mean fight as in fist fights or whatever. Sometimes it is, but yeah. you know, but for the most part, it's just bigotry, not bigotry, uh, bickering, right? Bickering, Back and forth. Like, yeah. And you're trying to, as a parent, bring some semblance of peace to the world in your, meaning your house, you know, like, yeah. I want to go home and I want to at least be able to think. And so you you find and you develop skills uh, and insights in order to do those things. And so for you, it's clapping. I, uh, I have a friend of mine who hasn't had kids. I think I told the story once. She's like, why do you always count to five? And I'm like, in my back of my mind, because I need to give them a chance to actually get do it, you know, because there's, there's not enough <laughs> fractions between one and two <laughs> or zero and one. You know, she's like, I'm only counting to one. 
And I just, I just laughed. I'm like, yeah, okay. When, when you get your kids, but that, that I, I just think that it's an insight, it's a paradigm and it's a skill set. Well, it's a, but it is a trained skill. Like beyond, like beyond, like your ideas contribute to the skill and your experience contributes to the skill and who your kids are, by the way, contributes to the skill. But nevertheless, it's a skill. It's not just like it. It's like we, I I joked with, uh, with Josh in this podcast we recorded the other day. It's like, if you read a book about how to swim, couldn't you swim? No. No, you have to actually get in the water and kick and, and not drown. Like. And then you're like, yeah, I can swim. Similarly, like people read in books about how to raise a household of kids, and, yeah. and but the, the but the don't give it a try. It's like, come on. Yeah, when it, when I, you know, remember uh, was it Hillary Clinton that came up when she was president or president when she was uh, uh the it takes a village thing. Yeah, that's I mean, a, I just kind of laugh at that. It doesn't. It, yeah, I mean, the village helps, but at the end of the day, it really takes a parent. You know, the the village is not going to raise a kid if without a parent it's impossible yeah, i mean it's a sweet idea it is a sweet idea and it certainly go, it goes and, back and to do, the in idea our, of, in our, look in our faith community it's fair to say that the other people in our faith community like for sure look in on your kids and help you out and for sure but but if they're gone yeah you still gotta do it the kids will still grow up I'm yeah they're still gonna do it <laughs> yeah all right interesting take uh so well, apparent, I have, I actually, so what, amend the constitution a parenting checklist Yes, I know that we're being deliberately provocative out there, so don't. My uh, a funny story. My I, my brother and I were talking the other day, and my mom. We have all these like crazy stories of my mom's um like disciplining when we were kids, and uh, one of them was we had only got we were really poor, so my dad left when I was five, and yeah. my mom was basically on her own, right? Right. And I never realized how hard that must have been. Because from I mean, my perspective, I have my wife. I think you should probably check your privilege, though, William. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, keep going. Sorry. But the problem is, is that I never realized how much Belinda brings me back from the brink of insanity and uh-huh. and, and, and and vice versa. Right. Where the kids do kind of get you going to a point where you're like, this is insane. You know, well, one time my mom came home, we hadn't we'd never we'd only gone to one movie in our entire lives. Oh, and wow. she said, clean the house. And she went away and then she came back. We didn't know what she was doing. Right. She came back. We didn't clean the house. And she has a stack of tickets to the, go to the movies. And I even remember what movie it was, Annie. Uh, and she's like, the house is not clean. And she ripped up the tickets. Now, first of all, that's super brave on my mom's part. Uh, because th- that's those money. Tickets, that t- those tickets represented actual cash. You know what I mean? Like that that was not something we had. Yeah. And uh, uh, And she was doing it for the right reasons. But my brother and I were kind of like talking about it. Like at the end of the day, did we learn anything from that? And the answer is kind of no. Kind of no. The only thing we really learned was mom was willing to do anything to 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 teach us a lesson. Right. And the second thing now looking back on that I learned was I probably on my own would do a lot of those kind of loony things, right? For, because for sure. Because there's no one pulling me back. Yes. Like, you know, if no, she Rachel had a husband, do, she'd be like, "Honey, no, Rachel does that like sometimes like, you know, there's a lot of contention in this house. I, I angrily announced the house at the top of my lungs. Right, right. And Rachel's like, yes, and it's all coming from you. I'm like, <laughs> uh, yes. okay. Yes. And I, 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 back when, like, you know, it's been a long time, but for a while there, I would, I would heat check her every once in a while. I'm like, hey, hey, you're like, we're on a road trip 
and somebody's breaking and it's not the kids right it's you, it's you. right like, like put it in and she's like good point all right but the, those are I mean? super delicate conversations yeah there they are no like and <clears throat> and sometimes <laughs> in fact i think it was just last week it's like yeah, you're being too intense. Am I? I don't think I am. I don't think I'm being intense enough. You all got to learn. Yeah, go to my room. <laughs> sit, sit, my wife, my, I'm like Mr. Intensity all the time. Well, we had this whole bit the other day. My my daughter, Madeline's like, Dad, you're out of control. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, I don't even like it when I'm like, what happened to my little girl that used to like wait at the door and like run up to me when it, she goes, no. And then I'm like, so, she, you know, she's 16. So she starts telling me, she starts coaching me on how. I can interact with her when I walk in the door. So I walk in the door and she goes, okay, dad, you just going to, you're going to walk in and you're going to say hi. And I go, okay. So I come in, I go, hi. She goes, no, you moved too much to your eyebrows. (laughs) So I went out and then she's like, I come in and I wave like just a a small wave. And she goes, that's a really creepy wave, dad. (laughs) And then I come back in. And so I go, hi. And she goes, you're not moving your lips. And I'm like, <laughs> finally, we, I'd done it so many times that Belinda was laughing so hard. She was videotaping my daughter trying to coach me on how I could actually interact with her without causing some kind of problem on her end. So now I walk in the house and I go, hi, hi, ho. I love that not to move my eyebrows. put the fear into you such that this is the way. Yeah, this is the way. It was fun stuff. It is true, though, that work does provoke. It's funny. I have a workplace that I like full of people that I like doing work that I like. And, but it does still provoke a, a warrior stance in me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Such that when I come home and I'm still in work mode, people bring me problems. I'm like, cha-cha. Like I cut yeah. down. I solved that problem right there in front of you. And it's like, oh wait, now we're in home mode now. Now we can just chill out a little bit. Right. And the whole, the whole problem solving a home is a different skill set people. Cause it's over time. Yeah. Well, and it's not, you cannot be work, like I am at work, I can be totally, you know, blah, 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 right? And nobody, nobody really cares, right? It's like, oh, get it done. From time to time, people care, but it's a different, it's a, it's a different expectation. Yeah. And I go home, I use that same kind of, you know, skill set. And it's like, what are you doing? What's your deal? Yeah. But to finish your thought, and this is actually the thing that you probably learned from parenting most of all, and that, that would definitely be useful in politics is consistency over time you didn't learn something from your mom tearing up movie tickets but you definitely learned something from your mom about expectations and and delivering over time over the course of your life she was all about consistency yes over the course of your life her consistent calls and her consistent activity taught you so i also learned imagine if we got that from government imagine if it wasn't all freaking peaks and valleys what if it was like consistently we're going to try and get this this and this achieved and, you know, I mean, like we have elections. It's not exactly the politician's fault, but nevertheless. I don't, I always wonder what my mom would be like as a politician. It would be really interesting. Well, I had one other funny thing. We used to have this system. My mom would not let us watch TV during the weeks. But oh, I have good news, though. Annie was dumb. Keep going. Annie was dumb. The original? <laughs> Whatever there was. Any version that was on film that she brought you tickets for was not worth it. Are you it. kidding? I'm not kidding. Lucille Ball Annie's was terrible. awesome. Uh, there, um... <laughs> I'm going to strongly disagree with that. I love that show. Maybe it's because you I have more MBT in you than me. You have more music dance theater in you than I. I don't, That's I don't have jazz That's hands. True. Uh, but my mom one time, she she had these rules, you know, and you're right. Consistency over time was her thing, right? So right. She, she really, because she didn't have a husband to kind of balance things out, she had to be consistent. That was her consistency was her partner. 
And it, and she knew that she had a very clear vision about it and she wasn't going to mess with it. So we had the system. We weren't allowed to watch TV. So I'm the oldest. This is back when we didn't have remotes. Okay. Right? Had the clicker. And you had yeah. to like pull the knob to turn the TV on and off. Yes. And then, you know, someone had to say, so the, here, the jobs were clearly set out by seniority. I got to watch TV. Clark, who's the next youngest, had to turn the channels. Yes. And then the next two were uh, were the twins, the Wonder Twins. And the Wonder Twins had to keep a lookout for mom. And from our picture window, you could see mom from all the way down the street. Okay. So if mom's coming up the street in the car, bam, everything goes into, you know, super fast mode. You hit the TV. <laughs> you fan the TV a little bit to get some of the heat dispersed because mom wasn't done. Yeah. Right. And then you disperse to all corners of the house. So it doesn't look like we were colluding in one area. Oh, right. right. And that system worked for a long time. And we watched a lot of cartoons that way. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Spectre Gadget, we yes. were up to date. We were up to date. Well, dude. Go go gadget TV. Dun, 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 dun. So one day my mom walks in. The whole system broke down because the Wonder Twins fell asleep at the switch because they were watching TV. By the way, does this happen to your kids where there's like some kind of zone out mode when they're watching? Oh, TV? TV zone out? Sure. Oh, dude. They oh, my kids yeah. are like, I oh, whatever. So so Bennett is the uh, Wonder Twins dropped the ball. There's only one there's only one sound that can penetrate the the watching TV zone out. One <laughs> or the clap. <laughs> My son, Josh, who's in college, by the way, was somewhere the other day and he heard uh, some other dad doing the power snap to get attention. Right. And he's like, I got to be honest, I like perked up and looked over. And I was like, I was ready to get to work. <laughs> ready to get out of there. Anyway, so go ahead. So, my, so, so mom walks in, she sees us all watching TV and no one flinches because there are times that parents forget what the rules were, right? Yeah. And there you are know, times... You gotta just... Let's, let's, let's play this out. Right. So we played it out. And my mom, without even flinching, went over, put power on the TV, picked it up over her head and launched it across the room. And it was a big old tube TV. And the tube TV exploded. There were two things that happened there. One, mom... We didn't know mom was powerful enough to move that TV <laughs> over her head. And two... The explosion of a tube TV is huge. <laughs> so that, this is suddenly taking a dark turn. Like uh, this is not as cute a story as you might think it is. This is like uh, freaking it was me out so, a little bit. I mean, to us, it's one of the funniest stories ever. But we dispersed. <laughs> she wasn't really mad at us. That was the end of it. She oh, didn't dude. even use any anger. She didn't have to. No, she's like, wonder you, if you're watching TV. Yeah, it was to her. It's the exact same as tearing up the tickets. You know, it's like, well, you know, consistency is my only ally here. And at the end of the day, I told you. So latchkey latchkey years like can be a good thing, depending on the time what years they are. So my mom started working way late in my life because she was a stay at home mom, and uh, my dad was a school teacher in San Diego, and she finally became a realtor and she would she would work. Um, so she'd pick us up from school, but then she'd go out and you know sell houses. And um, I remember for a period of time, it was, I was I was like in junior high, I was like in seventh grade. Right. I remember like I had a routine where it's like get picked up from school. Go home and <laughs> make a microwave cheese quesadilla with a tall glass of apple juice. <laughs> nice. And watch Magnum PI reruns on Channel Six. <laughs> nice. And um and when when it was in season, I would watch Ro Robotech. Watch the entire season of Robotech. I don't know. I don't remember. There Robotech. was a mainstream anime uh, war cartoon. It's great. It. Love that show. Anyway, my point is like 
in seventh grade, that was a good time to have a little bit of elbow room. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Junior high is not quite as intense or important. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Yeah. And you're growing. Well, moms are great. My mom's a great mom. Yeah, she is. She a turned good mom. out. She She's turned out mom. some good kids. So we're. She did. Absolutely did. And 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 her ally was. Consistent. And I'm not gonna act like I've never gotten mad enough to throw something and break it like like yeah, I no. have. You know I broke I mean? a few things. <laughs> there are other crazy stories from my mom, but I won't share them because for for fear that it's not as sweet a story as I think it is. <laughs> well, look, was anybody hurt in the breaking of the TV? No, not at all. All right, so. It's she a, didn't throw it at fine, us. It's a fine story. It's hilarious. I'm laughing on the inside. Yeah. She threw it into the kitchen area. My mom almost blew us up in the kitchen once. Did I tell you the story yet? What? On purpose? Okay. Well, Did she mom. say everybody in the kitchen threw a lighter in there? What's happened? <laughs> this is amazing. This is an amazing story. So uh, say let's say it's a Tuesday. I'll just pick the days. Right. Tuesday morning, my mom's up before all of us uh, because she's a hardworking lady who sets a great example. And she goes outside and she wants to paint something with spray paint. And it's cold enough outside in this California morning that the paint, the spray paint is not really playing ball. Right. And she's like, oh, I need to warm it up. She walks inside. <laughs> and she's like, she has had something in the oven hours earlier. And so the oven is just slightly warmer than regular. Oh, no. Puts the, puts the can of paint in the oven. Oh, closes no. the oven. Okay. That's Tuesday. It's Wednesday. Oh, no. We're, we're all at breakfast <laughs> eating whatever we're eating. And mom decides she's going to cook something. Turns the oven on to warm it up. Oh. We're sitting there eating cereal. Bah, boom! Like the oven door flies open. Glass from the inside window of the oven door like flies across the room. We're all freaking out. We look over. My mom does not know. No one knows what has happened, including my mom. We're like, what happened? And my mom goes over to the oven and it's covered in white paint. <laughs> They're like, what is this? And then and then she kind of looks around and she sees like a paint can somewhere in the kitchen. And I hear her literally make this noise. Oh. <laughs> so that's the time. She's mom, a saint because it was something my mom was, or not my mom, probably in our house. Like, what the F is going on? It's pretty great. Uh, so I tell you that story. It makes my mom sound like a screw up. Uh, but she's like, oh, literally, come on. We've like, all done like that. Three mistakes in her life. And that's one of them. But it was pretty great. Oh, geez, that's <laughs> awesome. When I was a delinquent. And, and she solved a... it by we never got the paint off the inside of the oven. But we did uh, get a replacement window for the inside window of the oven. And the, uh, we kept using the oven. <laughs> like, we You're kidding. We, we didn't have to replace the oven. <laughs> oh, geez. For some reason, I, I expe expected the whole oven to be like the miracle was we had to get a new oven. Yeah. Yeah, my delinquent days as a Boy Scout, we used to throw crazy stuff into the fire and see what happens. And spray paint cans are good ones. WD forty cans. Oh, I do not suggest mm, such do, things. I, by I would the way. not do the spray paint. Yes, like, that's a, that's I, I'm gonna a, say that's a modified explosion. Yeah, I'm gonna say the round bottom of a of of a compressed can of anything, right, is designed to blow out, which we did not know. We just thought it, you know, made shrapnel. Yeah, which for some reason our head was safer than that. But anyway, uh, we would stand far back, and w one of them, we, we were in this canvas tent we thought might help us. Right. And a perfectly round hole was made in that tent because those bottoms would pull, blow oh, up. Oh, wow. And we're like, uh, yeah, maybe we should. We put, maybe, we, we should, maybe the tent isn't the protection that we thought that no, it was. No, it was not. Not at all. We <laughs> just thought, flawed. you know, 
Because, you know, it's it's thick stuff. I it was, was just thinking it, it was, was wicking, like Kevlar. wicking the bottom of the yeah, can no, toward wasn't your good. face. And then we tried the small cans of propane. Those are totally boring. Oh, well, you know what's interesting about those? They have little valves on the top. The valves on top are made of plastic. Yeah, and, so and, the, and, they, melt. and they shoot flames up, but they don't blow up. Yeah, the, the valves melt, and then, and then propane starts squirting out the top, and it makes like a, a little flame tower. Yeah, it was boring. Yeah, I mean, uh, WD-40. Dude, I went to a, okay, I went to what we call the guys, a guy's weekend out, and we're, we're about out of time here, but this you is You say like, guy's weekend. Are you about to be a pyro as a guy now? Yeah, no, as a grown man. So oh, okay. my, uh, like, like, I don't know, eight, I think it was eight years ago. In my defense, up. I was like 15, by the way. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I don't have any good excuse. So we wanted to get together, my brothers and my dad and me. Oh, that's always bad. Brothers together. Uh, uh, and we have this friend who, who's, who's a man's man who has like a man lair. Right. Like- and it's out in Barstow where if you burn everything down, no one notices, right? Right. So he has this house out in Barstow, and he has a, pl- a, a hangar adjacent to the house where he keeps his airplanes, his dune buggies, his motorcycles, and his guns. Okay. Did you say airplanes? Yeah, I did. Plural? Yeah. Nice. Two. Um, anyway, so- I was going to uh, say, this guy might be so, really well off, but he's so, in Barstow. So we go, and we, uh, we go ride dune buggies over the course of a few days, and then it's, then, then it's guns day. We drive out into the desert. When I say drive out the desert, we drive 10 minutes from his house. Yeah, bar, bar stows. <laughs> just on a dirt, like, we didn't even yeah. leave. Like, we just drove from his, like, you know, like, boom, let's stop. Let's stop here. Pulls out the AR-15, a can, a can of gas, and propane. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he's like, took me a while to figure out how to do this. Now, this guy, we have stories of this guy from when he was a kid. He, he hosted us for free because he's a good dude and because we grew up with him. Right. And we have stories. About when he was a kid, he like blowing up stuff. Like he, he had the craziest. He, he was a science kid, and he would make explosives. Like, and he was trying to light this one explosive off, and he's like, it wouldn't go off. He's like, I don't know what the deal is. And then he went and read the instructions more closely, and he's like, oh, it's contact explosive. So then he tied it to the end of a yardstick and wrapped it on the kitchen table and blew <laughs> blew a huge hole in the kitchen, <laughs> the kitchen table. <laughs> anyway, so this guy drives us out into the desert with those three items: gasoline, propane, and uh, AR-15. And he tells the story. He's like, "This is a recipe for, for a lot of fun." So it took it took me a while to figure out how to make propane blow up because they have a plastic and he, it, it, it like sets a, it sets a propane can down, covers it in gasoline. He's like, "Cause they have this plastic thing on the top, and when they get hot, it melts, and then the propane comes out, and it's not explosive anymore." He's like, "But." <laughs> So the pours gasoline, lights it on fire. Well, I'm like, "I'm like, get out of here, right?" So I stand back. He's like, "But." After it melts and the flame is going, if you then shoot it with an AR-15, it makes a great explosion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, he's like, see that? I'm like, that was great. He's like, now you do one. So he brought enough propane tanks for us all to do our own little explosion in the desert. <laughs> uh, that is awesome. <laughs> it was great. Shouts what to is Keith about Butler. men and blowing things up? I, by the way, I, I collective know. IQ when all of my brothers get together goes down by at least 15. Yeah, no, uh, it it uh, it yeah. Adventurism. There's a reason why there's all those stories from the 1900s where people are running off into the jungle and having adventures. Because I don't know, there's an adventure spirit inside. In the 1900s, are you talking about like the 1900s as in like the 1970s? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I don't know when was Kipling. Was it in the early 1900s? I 60s, was. wasn't he? What's that? Was that Kipling's the rocket guy? Right? No, Kipling is the. Poet, uh, author. Oh, how would I know about that? You're the English major. Uh, 
Yeah, but am I? Because I just told everyone that I don't know when he wrote things. Um, I was like, Kipling is is he? I I thought of him as that guy that from yeah, October. I was actually guy. right. 1865 to to 1936. Uh, English, yeah. So he's he's the Jungle Book writer. So is he? Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Have you Friends. read the actual book of of of, of it of Jungle I mean, Book? You know, I know all the songs to the Jungle Book. Yeah, but that's like the Dis- the Disney version. I just wonder, you know. But that's back when Disney was all about Kipling. You know what I mean? Like that that was a pretty good send up of uh of Well, who's Books. the other author that they always like the grim fairy tales? They just retold them with happy endings. You. <laughs> Friends, this has been another <laughs> Why do you, why do you just look at me like that? Do you like <laughs> like you've got nothing to say about that? Is it wasn't it like, you know, Snow White wasn't that a grim fairy tale? I I think we already we we actually talked touched on this topic oh. in our previous previous podcast. I probably learned since then. <laughs> you probably learned more. Well, half the time I get look, leave here and I'm like, well, I have no idea what he's this. talking about. I have sleep to have on a comfy bed, so I'm gonna go now. You can keep talking as long as you like more. This Talking has been to myself in a microphone. Another scintillating episode of the Waystation podcast. Scintillating. Scintillating. I like it. Something people used to say. I'm I your host, you. Randy. I'm really. Have a good day. <laughs>